What is up, Whisper Nation? We are back at it with another matchup. This is part three, Big Travi, that we are breaking down. It's me and you, mano y mano, buddy. But this is all mostly focused on you. You go, you got the background here. You know, you have done a deep dive into these games. So we will talk about uh, these next four games on the slate. We got Pittsburgh at or Philly at Pittsburgh. We got the LA Rams. Uh, at Washington, Miami, at San Francisco. And then we'll finish it out here on the show with the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Right here. And Big Travi, you're going to take us through this, man. I'm going to try to steer this ship. Uh, it's a little weird. Uh, you are the normal guy who does this on our show. So we'll hang in there, buckle up. Uh, but first, I want to let them know where they can find you on Twitter at Big Travi. TFW on Twitter. You can find me at Johnny underscore game time. Big Travi, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. I like the intro there. It reminds me of Michael Scott in the office saying, oh, how the turntables. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're here now. Uh, you're the host. I'm the guest. And as a guest, I like to be treated as such. So make sure you uh, respect me and put some respect on my name. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we've got the first matchup is Philly at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Battle of Pennsylvania here, John. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for all these matchups. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm excited to be on here and, and give Whisper Nation a little bit of a breakdown for each fantasy-relevant player, that start-sit advice they need uh, for each matchup. And like always, if you are new to our our whole festivities here, we put out fantasy content every single day, so make sure you're subscribed on Patreon. Uh, that's where you can find this audio, and you can get the video if you uh, subscribe to that tier as well. Uh, we also put this on uh, all podcasts, so you can get that there as well through audio. And if you're new to our channel and this is one of those videos that we're posting of a matchup, then make sure you hit that subscribe and hit, hit that bell so you get notified whenever we drop new content which is daily. So, Travis, let's dive into it here. I'm excited for this matchup because it's the Battle of Philadelphia, and we've got the Philadelphia Battle Eagles. Battle of Pennsylvania, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, well, maybe I, maybe I just want it to be Philadelphia Eagles to win, okay? Maybe, oh, maybe no, we should have had enough. Philly Chelsea on here. I don't know. Yeah, right. All right? Yeah. I'm just trying to hold it down, okay? Uh, we had the Philadelphia Eagles at... The Pittsburgh Steelers, which is, you know, across, across town there. Um, but let's dive into the Philadelphia Eagles here first, Travis, and, and give a breakdown here because we know the big questions that are coming out of Philadelphia, frankly. We know where we're, we're all pointing this direction, right? It's, it's Carson Wentz and the depleted weapons that he has. So before we talk about the running backs, I want to talk about the wide receivers because that's the biggest concern for this team. So... Alshon Jeffrey is coming back. You know, he's been injured for the last few weeks or uh, to begin the season. So can fantasy owners look that way? Can they go and pick up Alshon or are you, you looking a different way? Are you looking at, you know, a, a Greg Ward or, or Travis? I'm not even going to attempt his last name. I just know it ends with ham. Yeah. Fulgham, uh, I think is his name. I, I'm going to go with that. Look, I don't think there's anybody you can trust here, Johnny. I think it's a complete fade on the wide receiving core, not just because of their production. I mean, you look at Alshon Jeffrey, no production per date uh, uh, so far uh, in this season. You look at Deshaun Jackson has been a no-show and is now just returning to practice this week, but it is a nagging hamstring injury. 
And then you look at Greg Ward, you know, the AAF superstar that's come in to try and take over that slot role. 18 targets over the last two games. You like that working out of the slot. Uh, but just really not something you want to do here is start any of these guys. And you mentioned Travis Fulgham. He's actually got 2.7 yards per route run. That's number 12 in this young NFL season. So that you like to see. But it just isn't producing in a way that's going to reap fantasy benefits, and especially not against this Pittsburgh defense, who is coming off a makeshift bye. They are rested now, and they've been looking at Philly tape ever since they've known uh, about it. And, and there's not much tape to, to go on here with the wide receivers because it's just so depleted. Uh, but that brings me to Zach Ertz. And I think that is where you could, you know, make your money, so to speak, as far as the fantasy football is concerned. Zach Ertz has a commanding 20% target market share. He's got 29 targets through four weeks. Um, he has not been very good. <laughs> he hasn't looked good, but he's been getting targets, Johnny. And that's what you like to see at a tight end position. If he's running routes, if he's getting targets. Now, the volume is there, and that's what we know is paramount, but he will face Pittsburgh. They're giving up only 6.8 fantasy points per game to the tight end. Look, you're not benching Zach Ertz for anybody on the waivers. Uh, Austin Hooper, maybe you'd say Robert Tanyan, but he's on a bye. There's all these different situations you'd like to go with, but Zach Ertz really has the volume for you to be rocking there. All right, so let me ask you this, Travis. The over-under here is 45. I apologize to Whisper Nation. I forgot to say that in the beginning of this uh, breakdown. But the over-under here is 45. That's meh, considering what Vegas has been putting these over-unders at. And the spread is minus 7 for Pittsburgh. So my question, my next question here is leading into this backfield, Travis. At minus 7, that would mean that Miles Sanders could be game scripted out of this potentially I know he's got the uh, you know the receiving capability but Travis fantasy owners have been real disappointed this far uh into the season I mean, he's had one good game uh what should fantasy owners be doing in this game and what should maybe give a a, a longer term overlook of what Miles Sanders and what you think he can be yeah, I think you're rolling Miles Sanders out there. I don't think you have much of a choice. Just based on the volume that he's getting, um, he is the number one back there. He is the bell cow. But there is concern, Johnny, as you mentioned. He's not even in the top 50 in PFF's elusivity rating. He has only had eight red zone rushing attempts. And, Johnny, that's number 32 in the NFL. And newsflash here, there's 32 teams in the NFL. So if you're not getting enough red zone rushing attempts to be more than you know 15 in the NFL at a running back, that's not what you want to see. He's got, uh, you know, all these things working kind of against him. But you did talk about game script. You talked about this low over under. And I actually think it's okay here for Sanders because he has seen 18 targets. And that's top 12 in the NFL through four games. So I'm okay with Miles Sanders in this one based on exactly him getting those targets from Carson Wentz. And I imagine Whisper Nation wants to hear a little bit about Carson Wentz. So I'll just kind of talk a little bit here briefly. I don't think you should start him. I don't think you can start him. He's only been the QB 19 through the year, and he's going up against Pittsburgh, who is allowing the third least points to QBs, 17.3. So if you're thinking, maybe they turned it around, they got to win, this is not the week to bet on Carson Wentz. Let me ask you this. Is Alshon Jeffrey uh, even worth the stash? Um, my my concern is that he's coming off the Liz Frank injury, which we already know is, is difficult to do. He's, he's over. He's like 32, I believe, 31, 32. And, he, you know, he's, he's always banged up. Is there upside to Alshon Jeffrey? Even though he could, I mean, the upside is that he's the wide receiver one in a majorly depleted offense, right? 
Yeah, I think that is your your only upside there. Look, we know Alshon Jeffrey has chemistry with Carson Wentz, and I think that's the biggest thing that you look at when you have when you're stashing Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and, and then you just look at you know I talked about Greg Ward getting 18 targets over the last two weeks. 18 targets for an Alshon Jeffrey, if he was there over the last two weeks, would be useful. You you would like what you're getting there for a wide receiver three range flex range in most leagues, especially in standard. So I think he's worth the stash just to see what happens. I also think if you've got a deep bench, uh, Deshaun Jackson might be worth, worth the stash too, just from the injuries that are going on in this wide receiving core. All right. Uh, so I want to jump over here to the Pittsburgh Steelers side. Um, you know, they had the unfortunate, you know, I, I really do feel for them because they really kind of got screwed in all of this because they had to prepare all the way up until last Saturday or Friday thinking that they were going to play. And then they were told, hey, you have a bye. And so they got a couple of days off. And then they have to come back and prepare again. And then Tennessee's doing their thing. So I, I feel bad for Pittsburgh. But they're a football team. They're playing this weekend. They're excited. So let's talk about yeah, I this. I think if Mike Tomlin heard you say you felt bad for him, he'd be pissed off. They asked him, you know, what do you think about having to play 13 straight games now? And he says, uh, mate, let me make this very clear. We do not care. Uh, so <laughs> hey. Mike Tomlin, very hard nose. I think he's been it. watching uh, a lot of the J- Jimmy Butler interviews where Jimmy yeah, Butler has exactly. been telling people it doesn't Play matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Love that attitude. So let's talk about uh, Big Ben here real quick. Um, I want to – is he going to be someone that you would consider – starting this week as a as a an option obviously you know he was a starter for many teams before his quote-unquote buy and then he pulls the philadelphia eagles this week who their defront is pretty solid but are you scared about their defense at all other than that defront i think it should be a decent matchup for ben um and i I don't mind him especially with aaron Rodgers, matt stafford on by some other guys struggling i I could see how you're going to be starting big ben but he's not been sharp on the deep ball he has attempted 14 deep shots, Johnny. You like to see him going down the field. And a lot of them have actually been overthrows, which is something you like to see out of a guy who had Tommy John surgery. But what you don't like to see and what you could maybe expect from a guy coming off Tommy John surgery is that he's only completed three of those 14 deep shots. Uh, I want to see how the bye plus three weeks of NFL play is going to help him knock off that rust. Philly is actually the bottom 10 as far as matchup. They only allow 17 point two fantasy points per game so you actually do you know see them kind of you know holding it down against some qbs now they've played jared goff they've played the backup quarterbacks in san francisco so that could skew some of the numbers but let's not act like ben roethlisberger has been world beater since you know he came back and i actually think that this offense is more built towards catering to the defense i think it's a three-man show for me johnny it's the two wide receivers and juju smith schuster and it's james connor and i think that's how they want to run this offense i think there will be games that ben pops uh but i think that it goes through those focal points okay. and it starts with james connor like you're, you're you're starting him up he's middle of the road in as far as a matchup's concern against the eagles but he's averaging 20 touches over the last two weeks eighth in the nfl with yards after um with yards after contact per attempt with 2.9 and he's got nine red zone rushing attempts in three games. You love to see that three red zone rushing attempts yeah, uh, per game. Sign me up. I wish you want to see. Yeah. I wish Drake could get that, you know, <laughs> I, I think all Drake uh, GMs. I, I think, well, so. I, I think I'm just going to make it a point that we just get a Drake jab at in every single show from now on. I think that's uh, at least this year. 
Um, I can't blame you for that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Travis. I want to. I want to ask you about these wide receivers, right? You said the two. You, you're confident in the two wide receiver. Which two are those? Because you know you have the rookie uh, who who looked. He's shown flashes. So it's it, Claypool, someone that's on your radar. So Deontay Johnson, can you please break down Deontay Johnson, Juju? Who do you like more in this matchup? Who do you like rest of season more? And then talk about maybe uh, Claypool and, and Washington if you want so, to. I think Chase Claypool is kind of like a poor man's uh, Miko Hardman, meaning that if anything were to happen to the wide receivers ahead of him, he would be vaulted into a really nice role. And we've seen this in the past with wide receivers in Pittsburgh and how good they are at drafting them. So keep Chase Claypool as a stash, especially if you've got the depth and you've got the wins to do so. But when we talk about the big two for wide receivers, Johnny, it's Juju Smith-Schuster and it's Deontay Johnson. We've got uh, Deontay Johnson, who I think is the true number one as far as targets are concerned. He's missed, uh, he missed most of three week three, sorry, with a concussion, and he still has 23% of the target market share for the Steelers on the year. His completion percentage, though, is only at 56%, and some of that could be that Big Ben Russ that we've been talking about. And then you look at his dot; it's only 8.5. We'd like to see that increase because that's 100th as far as NFL wide receivers are concerned. So if Ben can complete, he can get the dot up, uh, you're going to see Deontay Johnson kind of uh, explode down the stretch here. Now, watch out. He, get, he got clear from the concussion but has been having a, a lingering toe issue, so you want to keep an eye on that with Deontay Johnson. And then as far as Juju is concerned, you're locking him in. He may not be the number one as target market share is concerned, but I would say the money targets are going to Juju. He leads all Pittsburgh wide receivers with three red zone targets, and he's converted on all of them scoring touchdowns. So 17% target market share, you know, so not as much as Deontay Johnson, but he's completing 89% of his catches. So he is getting a lot more volume because he's actually becoming wide open. He's using those slot routes to beat his his matchups. Uh, each and every week. All right. Before we move on to the next matchup here, I just want to touch on, is Eric Ebron at all worth a stream this week if you're depleted at the tight end position? Yeah, I'm actually, he's one of my favorite uh, my favorite streams this week. He has five or more targets in back-to-back games now. He's averaged four catches in 47 and a half games, uh, 47 and a half yards over those two games. And now only Atlanta and New Orleans are allowing more points per game to the tight end than Philadelphia. We just saw them get roasted by uh, George Kittle last week. So 14.6 points per game to tight ends. I think Eric Ebron is worth a stash, and it sounds like Charlie agrees with me. (laughs) It does. (laughs) All right, we are going to move on to the next game here. We have the L.A. Rams at Washington. Uh, We know that this is Washington football team is is under a lot of scrutiny. But before we talk about that team, uh, we got an over under a 46. Travis, uh, another you know kind of middling kind of scoring game but the la rams are favored by nine points so that leads me into my first question here travis we know that cam Akers is uh hopefully going to give it a go as far as far as sean McVay thinks he's going to be able to play this weekend uh he was not a full participant in practice as of recording this show uh but there still are a couple more practices left to go so if Akers is back, my question, Daryl Henderson had a uh, a very disappointing game last week. Apologize to Whisper Nation if we recommended or if we told you to start mm-hmm. him. Did not see that coming. But he, he you know, he, he lost touches of Malcolm Brown. So what do we do? What, do we, what should fantasy people do who roster any of these running backs on this team? 
maybe go down to Mexico City and pray at the temples <laughs> and lift lift your 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 spirits up to the the, the fantasy gods. Uh, I don't really know. You know, uh, my good friend it's Sigmund Bloom over at Football Guys astutely said that this backfield is kind of like a mechanical bull. Just when you think you've got it, it bucks you off and you have no idea what's going on. I so love that. I thought That's that, great. I thought that was great. I thought it was a great comp to what's going on here. I mean, you've got to start at the top, Johnny, and that's Daryl Henderson. And, yes, I know he has burned you last week and you don't really want to go to him, but I'm actually okay with flexing him this week, especially if Cam comes back, um, because I think he's going to be the one that has the best shot to get some – you know, money money drives on this and get some pop within the offense. And that's just based on the fact that this team is one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. And so if Daryl Henderson has proved enough to the coaching staff to get more work, I think even with Akers coming back, they're going to give him more work again this week. You look at the snap percentage, it's not intriguing. It's not encouraging. Uh, week two, he had 42% snap share. Week three, it went up to 49%, and you're like, you're feeling good. He's an RB1, fire him up, and then it went back down to 39% in week four. So you said, what's going on? You know, went back down to 2.8 yards per carry after he had uh, sessions of 6.8 and 5.7 in the two previous weeks. Uh, this matchup is not great, Johnny. On paper, it's the ninth worst matchup for running backs to face. Uh, so you don't particularly love the matchup. But like I said, I think you could flex Henderson this week. And I don't think you need to be too worried about it because I do think he's got a chance to stay involved in the passing game as well. We talked about that. Well, we you, as far I just want to touch on the other backs real okay. quick, John. Just because Cam Akers, you may be tempted to want to put him in there. You can't put him in yet. You need to watch how he's going to be used in this, especially coming off the injury. And then Malcolm Brown. The only reason we talk about Malcolm Brown is because he still exists to to poke a, <laughs> a thorn in the side of the other backs, right? He hasn't dipped below forty nine percent in snap share. He's not even in the top 50 of, of PFF's elusivity rating, and he's 2.6 yards before contact per attempt is 13th in the NFL. So that's kind of what he's doing. He's he's getting off the line, off of his run really well, and then he's kind of dying behind uh, just getting tackled on the first guy. All right, so stay away from the backfield. Uh, but be, you talked about all those running backs, which would only lead to the conversation of, well, that means that the passing attack has to therefore lack, correct? Uh, because of it. And we've seen it. They've been running a lot more than passing. And so as a result, Jared Goff has become a shaky start. So are you willing to start him? And then how does that trickle down and affect the wide receivers in this? Because you've got two wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that a lot of fantasy uh, analysts that they liked one of them. You either like Cooper Cup or you liked Robert Woods. You liked one of them, but it, it's kind of like they're kind of eating into each other. So what do you expect from the wide receivers? And is Jared Goff startable this week? So I'm going to start with Jared Goff and just say a smooth no. If you look at last week when he should have been a, a similar spot where they're heavily favorites against a team that's not that great, um, he came in and he only scored 13 points in most leagues against the New York Giants last week. And that's because he only attempted 32 passes, 25 completions for 200 yards and that is the story of the Rams offense Johnny you talked about it with the running backs they are bottom five in pass attempts they only average 30.5 attempts per game he's the QB 14 on the year I just don't know if you can trust him unless he's going up against a Dallas or a Seattle and then you're like okay he's got a shot to really throw it around here because that team's going to throw on them and, and force them to kind of compete now the, the, that means the wide receivers, right? And what all it does really, Johnny, is narrow the target share at the top because then you're looking at guys, you know, 
like Robert Woods, who's only averaging 6.5 targets. He's only averaging four catches and only averaging 57 yards a game. He's only had one touchdown this entire year. And so, yes, he's got 22% of the team's market share. But when you're not throwing that much, it's not a big piece of the pie, right? <laughs> he's facing a Washington defense that's allowing the second least points per game to the wide receiver position. So you don't love the matchup. On the other side, you've got Cooper Cup. He has not seen less than 83% snap share this season. So I know the concern was coming in. Would he play enough snaps? You and I have talked about that at length. He is playing the snaps. And he's not seen less than five targets per game or less than four catches. But once again, those aren't gaudy numbers. Um, and I think based on where you draft him, you can't be too thrilled. But he does have 17 targets over the last two weeks, Johnny. And now he's got a team high, 23% of the target market share. So what we could be seeing is that as these Rams are getting in these you know, jugger or uh, slug it out slug fest. They're relying on Cooper Cup as that safety valve again for Jared Goff, as we've seen many times in his career. So I, I just don't think I can start Woods in this matchup, but I would be okay with you starting Cooper Cup wide receiver three range uh, with some wide receiver two upside. And then I want to just touch on the tight end position here. Tyler Higby, he's been up and down this year. Are you willing to roll him out in this matchup? Yeah, this is a good one. It's uh, against Washington. They're giving up 16.1 fantasy points per game. He's not a very volume-based tight end. The max targets he saw was in game two, uh, in week two, and that was five targets. So not a lot of targets to be going around here, like we said, but this is a pretty nice matchup. And and tight end, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, and and Mark Andrews scored twice on this defense uh last week just last week yes. yeah so yeah. speaking of that defense so uh, we're talking about the washington football team uh who is just i don't even know what they're doing over there they they bench dwayne haskins and you know some could say yeah he deserved it um whether whatever side you're on uh there is statistical uh statistical stats i don't know like that was <laughs> really terrible um but it, it you know, someone, Brett Kaufman, uh, or Brett, Brett Coleman, uh, he's on Twitter, had pointed out, like, the first 11 games of Josh Allen, you know, that yeah, Josh Allen, the quarterback that is uh, taking the league by storm right now, uh, had worse stats than... Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, thank you. Uh, he had better stats than... Or Dwayne Haskins had better stats than Josh Allen. So that's kind of wild, just shows... Wherever you land is is definitely a part of Yeah, I, I guess you could kind of feel for him, Johnny, Dwayne Haskins. Hopefully he can, you know, get another shot somewhere. But honestly, wah, wah, I don't care. What I care about is the fact yeah. that Kyle Allen's now coming in here and what it means for fantasy football. And so if you look at Kyle Allen last year, right, Johnny, he yes. threw for over 3,000 yards in 13 games with Carolina. Yeah, and he has familiarity with – Scott Turner, who is the offensive coordinator and the son of the offensive coordinator in Carolina last year, Norv Turner. Um, So Kyle Allen, under Scott Turner already, threw for 17 touchdowns in 13 games. Yes, he had 16 picks. He wasn't the model of uh, consistency, and he's not a guy you're going to start as your streaming quarterback, but it's all about what he's going to do for the rest of the offense, and I think that starts with Terry McLaurin. With Kyle Allen, DJ Moore was the wide receiver 21 and saw this is the best part, Johnny. God, this is going to be so so much good news to Terry McLaurin GMs. Last year, DJ Moore saw the 10th most targets in the NFL, 135. Kyle Allen peppered DJ Moore with targets, and I would say that Terry McLaurin is a better talent than DJ Moore. And so if you get those targets to a Terry McLaurin, 
Whew, you've got to be really excited. I got a few offers today uh, on my Terry McLaurin shares, and I just had to shut those down real quick because I've seen behind the curtain. I know what's going on. Here. <laughs> so I think that pivots to next in the tree here because I think there really is two guys you care about on this offense. Yeah. You care about Terry McLaurin. Wait, hold on. I want to. It's Peyton Barber. Yeah. So tell us about yeah, Peyton Barber. No. No, Peyton Barber is the founder of Nope.com. <laughs> uh, that's where I, <laughs> you are not having any part of him. Uh, yeah, so, but I think it's Antonio Gibson, right? I think yep. Antonio Gibson is next in line. And I know that Antonio Gibson is not Christian McCaffrey. But once again, we've got to look to what we know. And what we know is systems. And what we know is relationships. Kyle Allen, Scott Turner, with CMC last year, he was the RB1 in fantasy football. Therefore, Antonio Gibson will be the RB1 for the rest, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be the one. But I think I can look at what you know Carolina did. They were only you know only two teams last year. Johnny targeted the running back more than Carolina. There was a, there was a season high targets uh, for uh, Antonio Gibson last week w- with five. So you, he got working in the. This is a converted wide receiver. Gibson should see more work in the passing game. You look at the Rams. They're number sixteen against fantasy running backs. I think Gibson's on the RB2 flex range, and I think what's more exciting is his, you know, upward arrow with Kyle Allen at the helm here. And then Logan Thomas, uh, any any dart throws? No? It's just so weird, Johnny. The peripheral numbers are so good for Logan Thomas. He's seen the eighth highest snap share uh, amongst tight ends in the NFL, and the Rams are surrendering 11.5 points per game to the tight end position. He's seen a lot of targets. But I ju- he just hasn't matched it up. Now, maybe that's a Dwayne Haskins thing. I would like to see how Logan Thomas does. So maybe you could, if you have the depth, hang on to him. But I don't feel comfortable starting him this week. Not until we see it. All right, we're going to jump into the next game. I'm, I think I'm done talking about the Washington football team here. Uh, we're going to <laughs> jump into the Miami Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers. Travis, this is a 46 and a half over under an eight point spread, though. Uh, Miami is is down uh, or San Francisco is favored by eight points. So I want to jump into Miami side here first because Ryan Fitzmagic has been doing his thing uh, and, and keeping the Dolphins in it. Right. They've been keeping it exciting. So. My question is, is it going to be time for Tua or is Ryan Fitzmagic going to hold off Tua this year? And what does it mean for these pass catchers? What does it mean for Devontae Parker, who's you know starting to really take off this season? What does it mean for Preston Williams, who we had kind of fingers crossed that maybe he could be something this year? I'm a little bit worried about those pass catchers you mentioned as far as the wide receivers are concerned, if Tua makes it in. Now, I think we got to talk about what we know. And what we know right now is Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start. But there are rumblings out of Miami that they've been meeting with Tua, trying to see where he's at, see if it's time to turn it over. So just keep an eye on that. Maybe if you believe Tua is coming sooner than later, based on what you're reading, it may be time to sell some of your pieces off, like a Devontae Parker after a pop game, uh, if you're not comfortable with a rookie starting. What what, what, what what are they saying? Like, hey, you ready to start? No. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, not yet, Coach. No, I <laughs> honestly, uh, I'm not ready yet, Coach. Yeah, uh, I, don't maybe, put me in yet. Week. I'm a little too scared That's right sweet. now. Yeah. Well, we know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not scared, right? We know he's going to sling it out there. The problem is, is that they're facing uh, the San Francisco 49ers. He's the QB 20 in fantasy points per game with 17, and San Francisco is only allowing 18.7 points per game 
uh, on the on the average here for the season. So I'm not starting Fitzpatrick. Uh, There's a low over under with San Fran just megally favored here. Uh, and then so you look at the, those wide receivers, as you talked about, Johnny, and Devontae Parker. And I think it kind of starts and stops with Devontae Parker in this passing attack. You've, he's got the wide receiver 24 scoring on the year. He's got 21% of the team's market share, but he's only hauled in one touchdown. He's also never dipped below 80% snap share since that week one game that he was coming back from injury. He's going to face a tough San Francisco defense. They've only given up 18.1 fantasy points per game to the wide receiver. But I think that 21% market share, the fact that they will be down, uh, I think that he's got touchdown regression coming as well his way. I think all those things are working in Devontae Parker's favor. And I'd be fine starting him as the wide receiver, too, that he is on the year. And you continue to roll him out there. Now, Preston Williams, man, I was looking at this deep dive, and I go, well, Williams is probably number two on the team in target market share, right? Look at it. No, he's fifth on the team in target market share. That's 14%. I mean, Preston Williams has eventually has essentially disappeared into this offense. He's been banged up here and there, but he just hasn't been getting done. And it looks like Fitzpat Fitzpatrick only has eyes uh, for Devontae Parker. With that being said, though, we've got Mike Kosicki, right? And, and this was one of our favorites as a breakout tight end, Johnny, right? He, he's a super athlete. Uh, he, he plays a lot in the slot, so you love that. And check this out, Johnny. He leads the NFL with red zone targets with 10. The NFL, wow. wide receivers, uh, you know, running backs, tight ends, he leads the NFL. So you like to see that. Talking about touchdown regression, I know in that Jacksonville game, you, you, you thought he might get one. Um, I think this is a situation where Gusecki going to have some touchdown regression. And I think you can fire him up in this matchup. I think Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki are guys you're going to want to be talking about uh, if you're going to start anybody from Miami. All right, so um, do we want to touch on the running backs here? Or, um, I mean, Miles Gaskins has been a guy that you picked up off of waivers. You've been able to start him, uh, you know, and he's gotten you some respectable uh, fantasy points, but he's yet to get the goal line work there. So he's, is he still more of a stash for now? Yeah, he is exactly that, Johnny, and you need to keep on to him because here's the thing. He's averaging 16.5 touches per game, 76 yards, just about total yards per game. You love the scrimmage yards, the usage he's getting. The problem is, even though he's got 14 red zone attempts, all the goal line work has gone to Jordan Howard. And so Gaskin cannot get a touchdown here yet. Um, and maybe this is just the calling card for Miami because it doesn't sound like Parker and Gasecki are getting those touchdowns either. Uh, but I would keep on to Gaskin in hopes that he would, you know, show some more goal line work down the stretch and become the true workhorse back for this team because then he's going to have some real big value. The problem is, for this week, he's facing the worst matchup on paper against fantasy running backs in San Francisco. So please, please try and start someone else. All right, so jumping on over to San Francisco side of the ball, uh, coming off a wild, wild loss uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles uh, on last Sunday night's game. So we have uh, the big question here. I'm just going to come out and ask it. Is Jimmy G going to be starting this week? Because that majorly affects the pass catchers in this uh, offense. I don't know. From what I've read, they're keeping a lot of this quiet. I would guess he's not, especially after what we saw out of C.J. Beathard. Uh, you know, when C.J. Beathard came into the, the game last week, he went 14 of 19 for 138 yards in that last stage after Nick Mullins was benched. I think what this is, you know, and you and talked about it right there, is what is C.J. Beathard going to do for the rest of the offense? I think we know that's going to be George Kittle, and it's probably going to be the running backs, and maybe you'll get a little bit of Brandon Ayuk sprinkled in there. Uh, but I think other than that, you don't, 
you can't really trust anything going on. And so I'll start there with the right wide receivers because I know we're going to get a lot of Debo Samuel questions. And I think Debo Samuel is a perfectly fine stash, and I'm excited to see him get integrated in this offense. And I'm definitely excited when Jimmy G gets back. But I think he's a fade until then or until we see his snap share go above the 34% we saw last week. You know, they said they wouldn't put him on a pitch count. Well, they definitely did. They put him on one. It was 34% of the team snaps. Um, so I would just keep an eye on Debo Samuel there. On the other hand, Brandon Ayuk, he's played on 60% of the wide receiver snaps this year so far. He's got that yak part, uh, you know, yards after catch part of his game. And that's what Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan loves. He's got five or t- more targets in back-to-back games. And Miami is giving up the six most points to wide receivers on the year. So I actually like Ayuk as a flex play. What the heck, Flex? Get him in your lineup there because he could get like that, that yak and take it to the house. That's actually a football guy's phrase. But, I, yeah, I do like uh, that. What the heck, Flex is a good one. Yeah. So um, I want to I want to jump on to the the running backs because that's where the real meat and potatoes are uh, for this team and for this podcast breakdown of this this uh, matchup here is is Mostert going to play? Is he coming back? And can teams keep? Can they keep relying on Jarrett McKinnon not only this week, Travis, but moving forward? Is he going to take that secondary role or potentially the the dominant role in this offense? So initially, this is so tough. I think Jarrett McKinnon is probably a perfect sell candidate, right? He is coming off. Maybe he's rented goods because of Raheem Mostert and what's going on. I can't on. believe what but, you're saying right now. I cannot believe check, what you're check saying. It out. Check it out. I think what you could want here is this Miami game. It's a perfect matchup. Let's see if Raheem Mostert. Now, he practiced on a limited fashion today. I imagine they're going to try and see how he looks the rest of the week before letting us know if he's going to go. But let's say Mostert plays, but McKinnon gets most of the work and has a good game. I think that would be the perfect opportunity for you to get a really good haul for Jarek McKinnon. Now, I only say that because since Shanahan has come to San Francisco, he really hasn't used just one back. He alternates all the time. And I just don't know if this is going to be a situation, even with the money they have invested in McKinnon and how much Shanahan has reportedly loved McKinnon, how you could turn away from a guy in Mostert who is so fast and has that track speed and and really makes big plays for this offense. So I really think it would be smart to kind of look at what you can do and get out of McKinnon. Now, that being said, I I really do what they have, love love what they have coming up on the slate. They've got the Rams next, then New England, that one's tough. Seattle and Green Bay over their next four. So those are some really nice matchups, and, and maybe you want to hang on to them. Jerick McKinnon had a, was the number one snap share in the NFL last week, Johnny, with Raheem Mostert out. So if you are a McKinnon truther, you want Mostert out another week because he played 92% of the snaps last week, um, and he was ninth in the NFL. He's been ninth in the NFL total in targets uh, amongst running backs with 14, and he's top 25 in elusive rating, so you like to see that too. I'm just a little concerned on what the split's going to look like when Mostert gets back. I, I Before we move on to the next matchup, I would just say that I would actually go and get him. I mean, obviously, you're not going to go get him right now because it's going to be probably too much. But when Mostert comes back, because the thing that nobody ever talks about with Mostert, and we saw it again this year already, is the dude cannot stay healthy. He's never been able to stay healthy his entire career. So you can make that argument once mm-hmm. Mostert comes back to whoever has whoever is the GM that has McKinnon and say, hey, yeah, like, and, and you could get him much cheaper 
And then, like, don't be surprised if in a few weeks, like, McKinnon or, uh, sorry, Moster is injured again because that's how he's been his whole career. I think that Jared McKinnon, I think this is his season. Uh, I'm excited. I, I'm telling you right now, I, I am a McKinnon believer. I do love him. I have a vast amount of shares in him. I, I don't see myself trading those shares, but I could see a case where you want to trade them off. This is the perfect game. If we could get Mostert inactive for one more game. One McKinnon more game. Miami, <laughs> McKinnon against Miami at a 92% snap share, Johnny. I mean, I'm licking my chops at the idea of that. You're All right. Your chops if you, own, if you own George Kittle. 15 for 15 for 183 yards and a touchdown last week, Johnny. Just monster game yeah you're definitely starting that guy all right we are going to jump over here to the last game we have scheduled for today's program that is the exciting new york giants at the dallas cowboys <laughs> uh this is for a lot of potentially first place in the division uh maybe no well da- the giants can't get first place but uh this over under quite higher than the last few that we've been talking about on the show 54 over under and it is a, uh, you know, Dallas is favored by nine. So we'll talk about the New York Giants because I think this will probably be pretty quick and easy here, uh, Travis. But Freeman looks to be the the running back here that has taken over this backfield. Deion Lewis, uh, you thought maybe, well, eh, and it, he, he, he he's out. And then uh, Wayne Gallman, you thought, well, he uh, he's out. All right. So Devonta Freeman, are you willing to start him this week? I think you can flex him, Johnny. He saw 11 carries last week on only 54% of the snaps. He got four targets, caught all four of them. Um, you know, this is Dallas. They just gave up 300 rushing yards to the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Cleveland Browns are the best running unit in the NFL, hands down. They have the best running offensive line, and this is not that offensive line in the Giants. And I could see a situation where, you know, Freeman doesn't get a lot on the ground, but then falls in for a touchdown or maybe two. And so I, I think that in that case, he's worth the flex uh, because you need to because of bye weeks. You know, we've got Aaron Jones on bye, and maybe you were you had Aaron Jones and you had Saquon, and you picked up Freeman. So uh, this is a situation where you probably got to roll Freeman out there. I don't mind it. I think I can give you a little bit of confidence in that just based on the matchup. All right. So I want to ask you is. We'll talk about the wide receivers here. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton. Can you roll any of these guys out there in this game? I mean, typically you should be able to, right? Like this is the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to throw the over-under is high. You could see Daniel Jones maybe trying to throw it around in this game. But, Johnny, Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a touchdown in nearly a month. He threw one in – or he threw two in week one, and that was it. He's had multiple turnovers in every single game this year. Yeah, I, I for at least two turnovers. I don't want to make uh, our New York Giants fans like Uber just like just. I don't want to make them depressed. But when you no, see this, when you well, me, no, no, hold on. When you see this stat, hold on, hold on. Hey, that's position. true. Hey, but I'll and I'll ask you about that in a second. But you know it's bad when the New York Jets have scored more points than your team and you're the other New York team. That's Ooh. terrible. That's awful. And Adam Gase is that coach of that team. That's even that's just like piling it on and piling on. But let me ask you: Is there some light at the end of the tunnel? The the schedule. It, tell me, is there is there any light at the end of the tunnel for Daniel Jones? Is there any reason that maybe someone should throw Daniel Jones on their bench just in case they need someone because these COVID cases are coming yeah, up every morning? 
COVID, now. maybe COVID times uh, in a deeper league has you stashing uh, Daniel Jones, and I could see that. I mean, they get Washington next week. They're at Philly the week after. They're versus Tampa Bay, and then they are at Washington. So technically, you'd say that schedule's opening up, but honestly, Johnny, this might be the best matchup out of all of those. Washington and Philly and Tampa all have great defensive fronts, and you're talking about a guy that under pressure has turned the ball over at least twice in every game this year. Uh, so I, I think it's time to sell Daniel Jones on, on doing it this year. Um, and, unless you're in a two-quarterback league with some sort of bonuses for turnovers, I don't think you're going to be starting Daniel Jones. Uh, but the wide receivers, Johnny, that's what you asked. I, I had to get my shots in on Daniel Jones because he's let me down and he's let Whisper Nation down if they listen to me as far as bromance. Golden Tate, he's got 13 targets over the last two weeks. He's been banged up and he's getting back from injury. In PPR, I think this is a decent flex play with that high over-under. He's had 75% or more of, of the snap share in the last two weeks. He's starting to get going. And in this game, uh, with Daniel Jones trying to get his confidence back, I could see him leaning on Tate. I also think that uh, Darius Slayton could be uh, a decent play, too. 20% of the team market share leads the team in red zone targets with five. And only Seattle ha- allows more points to, uh, per game to the wide receiver than Dallas. So you like to see that. Um, I'm actually okay with flexing either of those guys if you need to. But then I think really – the big guy to really focus on, especially in this matchup and going forward, the one giant that I actually have nice confidence in and I think is a buy low, and that's Evan Ingram. He leads the team in targets with 30 uh, targets, and that's 21% of the target market share this year. And Dallas has given up three tight end scores on the year already in four games. So you like what you see out of Evan Ingram. You know, the usage is there. His health is there for now. And you love that. And he's had, you know, Daniel Jones has had an eye for Evan Ingram his whole career there in New York. I do think Darius Slayton is a little bit of a buy low candidate right now just because the schedule does open up. And he is seeing those like, you know, you talk, you call him the money, the money throws. He's getting those from from uh, Danny Dime. So uh, very interesting take there. But let's flip on over yeah, to pennies. Yeah, right. Uh, let's flip on over to the Dallas Cowboys side. Uh, there are a lot of juicy nugget fantasy starters in this matchup, Travis. So I want to ask you first. Dak Prescott. Is this is it who is it going to be between Josh Allen and Dak Prescott? Who is going to be the the MVP between the two? Well, Russell Wilson's probably the answer for fantasy MVP. Dude, but between those You know what's wild? I think two, Russell might get screwed again. I think Russell might get screwed again in the whole MVP well, thing. It, Bec- it, well, if you're talking NFL MVP, I could see a situation where Rodgers gets NFL MVP. Oh yeah. And that's because he is playing with less talent than Russ is, at least at the wide receiver position. That's a good point. Uh, but we will see what happens with that. As far as fantasy MVP, if you're if you're pitting me Dak against uh Josh Allen, it's Dak for me. And it's because I could believe that this offense will need Dak to do what he's doing for the entirety of the season. Excuse me. With Buffalo, that weather could turn. They could lean on those two backs they have. The defense could get better, which it should get better. And then you see a situation where Josh Allen doesn't need to do everything he's doing at the start of this year. Back to Dak Prescott here. Johnny, he leads the NFL in attempts with 201, completions with 137, and yards with 1,690. He is simply crushing it. Uh, They are throwing it by far leaps and bounds more than anybody in the NFL. And that's a trickle-down effect across this offense, Johnny. Like, you are starting Dak Prescott. You are starting Ezekiel Elliott. You are smash-starting Amari Cooper. You are starting CeeDee Lamb, and you are starting Dalton Schultz because they are all 
within the realm of possibility, top 10, top 15 options at their position. And so it really leaves the odd man out to be Michael Gallup, Johnny. And he's only had five targets, but he's had at least five targets in every game uh, this year. He's only completing, similar to what we said with Deontay Johnson, though, he's only completing 53% of those targets. It looks like what they have Gallup doing is being that real deep shot down the field and letting the other guys kind of get the chunk yardage here. Gallup is eighth in the NFL uh, for deep passing yards. And the Giants have allowed the fourth most touchdowns to the wide receiver position this year. Now, I could see it being a C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper game, but if you're in the need with the COVID situation, with guys to start Gallup, you can go ahead and do it here. I think this is the spot to do it. And then, like we were saying, like Dalton Schultz, he's been the tight end, tight end five since taking over uh, for Blake Jarwin. You love to see that. C.D. Lamb, he's been top 20 um, as far as wide receiving targets are going. His slot rate of 89% is number one in the NFL. Um, he hasn't had less than seven targets since week one. Amari Cooper, second in the NFL with 50 targets. Uh, second in the NFL with 37 catches. He's got a 24% target market share in the league's most pass-heavy offense, like we just said. Amari Cooper has been a player that I admittedly have been so wrong on this year. Remember what the knock was on Amari Cooper? He wasn't consistent. Yeah. Well, get that out of here, man. This guy's consistent as they come now. Uh, he's a true wide receiver one, and we got a discount on him drafting him where we did. And then you've got Ezekiel Elliott. And I know some, you know, maybe as a Zeke owner, you're looking at all the passing and you're going, what the hell? I want to see him run more. But, dude, this guy hasn't busted yet in this year. He's not scored below 14 points in half-point PPR at all. And last week he saw eight targets. He caught all of them. And he's seen 26 targets over the past three weeks. I mean, that's what you want to see if you're an Ezekiel Elliott GM. And I think this, this Dallas Cowboys – and here's the thing, Johnny. The secret to this sauce right here is just like it was in Patrick Mahomes' 50-touchdown year. That Kansas City defense was so atrocious that year. And this Dallas Cowboy, I mean, you've got Mike McCarthy hiring a guy in Nolan who hasn't coached in 12 years or something. And well, and it doesn't help. This defense it, is so bad. It doesn't help when, you're, when your team, your offense keeps turning the ball over at like the 30-yard line, uh, you know, and the, and the other team only has 30 yards to go before a score <laughs> touchdown. So, yeah, that right. definitely doesn't help as well. That is a very, very good point. All right, Travis, that does it for today's matchups. Uh, these four breakdowns, we appreciate you, man. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. If you missed some of the other breakdowns, you can catch those on our podcast. Uh, just search the Fantasy Whispers wherever you get your podcast. And we will also have a part four coming out tomorrow. So until yeah. then, that is Big Travis. Oh, you have anything else, Big Travis, you want to? Tell Whisper Nation. No, that's it. All right. No, I just I'm fired up for these games. Let's get Let's it. We're gonna get, get you on. that win this week. All right, Whisper Nation. Until next time, that is Big Travi. You can catch him on Twitter at B at Big Travi TFW. I'm your host, Johnny Game Time Hicks. You get me on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. Till next time, Whisper Nation. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.